0: elbow to the back of the head. Now knocks the snake down to one knee. Casey Casey. being bitten again. As the snake was biting Scott Casey. Casey begins to punch back as the snake is working around the area of the eyes. Casey whips him across the ring, Drops down, the snake over the top. Casey in front with a sleeper hold. Scott Casey with a sleeper hold on that snake. Will really he put the snake out? Casey holding on to the snake. The referee, George Stevens, is checking with him.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Southwest Championship Wrestling. Here's Eddie Mansfield. You know something? Let me tell you something, you wrecked saw cowboy. You're nothing. When I finish riding your butt boy, you're gonna need a plastic saddle when I get through with you. Scott, Casey, you are nothing. You're a patty pounder. And all you cowboys out there know what a patty a patty pounder is. Casey, you stuck your nose in my business. One time, too many, and I am the one and the only. Good continental lover, a woman's pet, and a man's regret, a $100,000 smile, a three, $400,000 bank account. I got Playgirl magazine calling me every day, saying, lover, please, why don't you pose in Playgirl? But let me tell you something, Scott Casey, you think because I tore one cowboy hat up that I'm through. You stuck your nose in my business twice. So I stuck my foot through your poor little old cowboy hat. Because you're not a cowboy. You're nothing but an old goat roper. So you just take in consideration that I do not back down from anybody because I'm the one and the only good continental lover a rich woman's lover and a poor girl's dream and nothing but 230 pounds of twisting steel and oozing with sex appeal you bring your booty on anytime anywhere whether it be nose to nose and toes to toes kung fu or boogaloo first i'm gonna chase you around the place and then i'm gonna erase your face and then you'll have to leave in disgrace This man here, the Southwest Heavyweight
0: Champion, Scott Casey, defending his title against gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Let's take a look at that, and then we'll talk to the champion. Gino Hernandez going up on that top rope. becomes flying off there, and Casey, the champion, moves out of the way. No disqualification because there was no contact. The referee, Juan Reynosa, counting both men down. Casey, the champion. His title on the line against gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Casey off the rope, shoulder tackled, knocks down Gino Hernandez. The champion stays right on top of him, goes for that suplex. He's got him up, and down, he goes. The champion going for the victory. One, two, Hernandez kicks out. this comes diving with his head into the midsection of the champion. Scott Casey takes him, whips him in the turnbuckle, catches him coming out of there, and Casey continues to roll with him. It's one, two, three, and the champion, the Cowboys Scott Casey,
2: retains his southwest. If you don't take Scott as your champion, then I am going to leave with the belt. How are you going to tell a guy six six and three hundred pounds you can't do this or do anything? I mean. He, what a monster he was and uh good and kind-hearted if he liked you and just a miserable you know what if he didn't like you he just that kind of person so i wrestled in corpus christi one night and uh beat him right in the middle with a sunset flip and he left, I had the belt, and held it for about, oh, almost a year. So I was drawing on money, and that's the name of the game. If you draw, you'll stay there. If you don't, you'll have to go. What was he like in school? He's a very intelligent man. He re- he, Good uh, evening, majored. everyone.
3: Welcome to a very special edition of Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Edmund Mangelo. I am joined by a familiar face, a guy I haven't seen in a very, very long time. And he is a fresh, a breath of fresh air. Is that how they say it, Nicky? A breath of fresh air? Brother, you're like what the wind blew in, and I'm glad it blew it in this way. How Good. you doing, brother? Nikita Brezhnikov. I'm still hanging in there, one foot in front of the other. Glad to be I here. I hear you, my friend. Nikki, we have a, a familiar guest tonight. He's a guy has been here before, but he's got so many stories. He had to write a book about it. It's an amazing book one last ride the tales of cowboy scott casey and he is indeed our guest cowboy scott casey are you there yo nanny goat rider i'm here
2: how you doing brother (laughs) i'm doing fine fine i need to ask you something real quick uh i've got a friend that's a tremendous wrestling fan and his name is Stephen McCauley and he lives down in by temple texas does your radio uh, reach out that far? I don't know.
4: Absolutely, sure.
3: Give him a shout out.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, he's he's a mortician, and every time we walk, we drive past a, a, a grave site, he always says people just dying to get in there. I don't know what he. Meant, I, I anyway. you know what?
3: Somehow I knew I was going <laughs> to walk into one. I should have put my my <laughs> waiter boots on. That's I it. knew it. it. I knew it. Was, it was too good to be true. You got to love it. You got to love it. It's uh, so all good to be true. So, he, Cowboy. He's always
2: saying, yeah.
3: So, let's I'm talk about uh, since uh, your last visit, uh, you were uh, you were rudely interrupted by uh, one Mr. Eddie Mansfield, and you couldn't get hardly a word in. <laughs> at, yeah, you're laughing because you never remember that show. Um, yeah, I do. I, well, now you got it's the it's whole show bad. to yourself, my friend, so. You'll have no interruption okay. from Mr. Mansfield tonight. I assure you. So, and I, I know that uh, uh, Scott, you—you've never met uh, my 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 friend Nikita Brezhnikov. Nicky is a worker. He's a manager. He's also get this one. He's a former Baltimore City police detective. How about that?
2: Wow, that's how about impressive. that one, brother? I knew who he was. But I, I, like you said, I never met him, but I knew who he was. And uh, very impressive looking young man. Thank you, Scott. Yes,
5: Scott, sir. you are a good guy. I always hear, like, I was with Nikolai Volkov for so many years. He always spoke highly of you. I know your paths crossed many times. And I oh, believe yeah. this picture they have that Angelo has up is that from the Phil Singer games? From um, the war game? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it, it actually is, Scott. It's a great it, likeness. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. You'll see the uh, right. the caricature on one side, and uh, and the actual photo of a uh, Scott uh, on the other side of that banner. Yeah, um, and uh, promoting promoting Scott's book, One Last Ride, co-authored by I young like man it. Nicholas Massey. Uh, Nick Massey is the uh, the guy who put this book together with uh, Cowboy Scott Gacy. It's a hell of a book, Scott. Uh, we talked about that the last <laughs> time you were here, and we uh, let's be honest about it, Cowboy. We barely scratched the surface of the stories in that book. And since Nikita is here, uh, and you already know my rambling mouth, I'm going to let Nikki jump right in on this and, uh, and hit you with some questions. So go for it, Nikita. Sure. Scott, I know how
5: hard it is to write a book and to pour your heart out. And then we're trying to transfer the knowledge that's within our head to the people out there and make it enjoyable, interesting, whatever you want to describe it. So how long did it take you to compile this?
2: It took me and Nick probably a little over a year to to get it all out. And I, it just, and spoken by a departed friend of mine that loved to death, Joe Blanchard, Mm. he used to say it's full of tickles, tackles, and drop kicks. (laughs) I, which I thought was so eloquent on his part, but uh, it's, you know, you just, you start out from the beginning, and you work your way through and you try to remember all the funny things. And I'll be honest folks, I did not throw anybody under the bus. I could have caused a lot of divorces.
6: Yeah, boy. And
2: <laughs> I would have been a real asshole and but I didn't. I you know, it's it's just not my style, you know. I mean, if you can't make it good without that, then something's wrong as far as I'm concerned. But we had we had so much fun making the bunk you know i mean he would talk about something or he would say okay what about so-and-so and And then i would tell a story about the guy that he was referring to and just it it just went on and on and on and still uh a a friend of mine that lives in temple texas millie spoons who's a devout scott casey wrestling fan and i love her to death for it used to say you could write two or three books with all the stuff that you've talked about. And it's Easily. true. I mean, different different things that happen, you know. I mean, uh, an example, a friend of mine who's now dead. Why are all my friends dead and I'm still here? Oh, well, anyway, mm. uh, Doug McMicken, or Tank Patton, as he was referred to, you, he would call me up in the middle of the night and say, Scott, I've got a joke for you. You're going to love it. You, you know, I'm sound asleep, and I'm going, oh, okay. And uh he was always doing that. well, I got him back one night, we were down in Landry, Texas. I don't know whether that's close to where Coach Landry was at or not, but anyway, we were down there, and it had rained, and it was the people didn't give a shit. They were there to watch wrestling, and we did it and uh yeah. that's another story about rain, but anyway <laughs> i'm i'm he throws me out of the ring. Now, you got to look at this guy's like 6'4 and about 340. He told me he said he was a snug 52 in the waist. <laughs> I mean, Doug was an unbelievable guy. I just hated that he died, but unfortunately, none of us are going to make it out alive, right? Anyway, he says, he threw me out of the ring, and I had a piece of paper. Uh, well, actually, it was a piece of tape that I wrote fuck you on it and we got back in the ring he was always serious and I had taped it in my mouth the referee's giving us instructions and I looked at Doug and I went hey and stuck my tongue out he fell apart here's a big six foot fourth three hundred forty pound guy and he's laughing his ass off and we're supposed to be having a main event happy I mean a main event rough and tumble match and I just had to get him back, and that was the only way I could. He'd like to beat me to death before I could get back out of the ring. (laughs) You know, folks, it's a work, but it wasn't that night. It was funny, though. But that's, I mean, stories like that just go on and on and on. Another prime example, Nelson Royal, another guy that's dead, Hmm. one of the premier baby faces and could, outdo anybody, and he was like maybe 5'9", and I'm going to say probably 2'30", but we called him Nelly. His name was Nelson Roy, and we're outside again in a match, and it's raining like crazy, and I'm putting my boots on, and Nelly said, don't put your boots on. I said, why? I said, that's going to hurt my feet. He said, it's going to hurt you worse if you put your boots on, because the rain... We'll make that ring as slick as snot on a doorknob, honest to God. And hmm. we, I, we were wrestling two guys, and they were slipping and sliding and flying all over. And we were, we were able to make it happen. And I, that was just another story. I mean, that's what I did. I compiled stories that were funny, you know. Yeah. This no,
3: Scott, I had a question for you. Uh, we we know where the, we know by the book the stories that made the book. Were there any stories that were either so raucous or so dirty or or uh, or Hold or on, so or, or so in the you know, locker room that you couldn't put them in the book? Well,
2: that's why I didn't put them in the book. Simply because.
3: Well, that's I, why know, we have I, this
2: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it was, uh, I can tell you a really prime example. Hold, hold on, I got my other phone.
6: Go ahead, Bonnie, Scott. Hold take on, your okay? time, brother.
2: All right, anyway. Take your time. Bonnie, we got Bruce, the, the beautiful one. Now, Bruce, he's going to get pissed, but I'm telling it. He's 80 years old. Now, when you're fucking eighty years old, you're just you know it's crazy. Uh, you you're not supposed to be able to, to. Yeah. Yes.
5: Live radio, you gotta love
3: it. Yeah, I do love it, and it's funny they, who he's talking to, because who he's talking to. I spoke Is this to this Tyson. I spoke to him tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm on the air right now.
3: And he's going to be our guest next week.
2: (laughs) I'm putting you over, Bruce. Hold on for a minute. I'm talking to... Is that Bruce Wazy? Hold on. Uh, Bonnie will get a kick out of this. (laughs) This It it was a story that I wrote in the book. About Bruce and I, and yeah. Brute Bernard, six two two ninety, big yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. And then there was Sweet Hansen, who was six four, and he was a well over three hundred pounds. Oh, God, and yeah. you know back then we had the baloney blowouts, and we oh had the God. cold beer and the baloney and we're making it. And now Bruce was a, well, he, Brute. I get him mixed up, but Brute, he's passed away too. But anyway. He yeah,
3: Bruce Bernard.
2: was making the sandwiches. We had baloney blowouts. You know, because we, we drove everywhere back then. It yeah. wasn't like these guys nowadays flying on the plane. We drove everywhere.
6: So sure.
2: Bruce, Bruce says to me, he so said, watch me fuck with uh, Brute. I said, okay. We left the arena. He started in. Hey, Brute, are we there yet? No, no, no kept on and on and on. We got the sandwiches, the made, and we got the drinks made and everything, and we're carrying on. And Bruce, that's kind of hard to say, Bruce is going, are we there yet? He must have asked Brute 50 times before we left the city limits of Norfolk, Virginia. I said, you know you're gonna get killed, don't you? About that time, Brute, Throws the sandwiches up in the air, and he's French Canadian, and he goes, I kill you. You asked me too many times. I'll be there. yet Was <laughs> a French Canadian. Oh God! Here's a guy that's 290 pounds and looks like he's God's the devil's right hand man, and he goes, "I kill you," and he's strangling the shit out of Bruce, and I'm trying to pull him off. Well. Sweet Hansen stops the car in the middle of the freeway. There's cars going around us. I'm going we're gonna die, you know. And <laughs> he he stopped the car, gets brewed off, and he says, Bruce, one more time, I'm gonna strangle you. And Bruce looks like a little <laughs> cherub there looking at him, you know. And he, oh That's God, it funny. was funny. We get back in the car. We're driving down the road and all of a sudden swede slams on the brakes he said you son of a bitches i'm gonna kill all three of you I said, whoa, whoa, whoa what's what's going on it seems like when swede who loved to drink his wine had put his false teeth on a napkin and when he slammed <laughs> on the brakes and opened the door the teeth went outside <laughs> now oh, i'm my going god <laughs> damn this is gonna oh shit, oh, was, shit. i'm going nuts and swede that's Bruce hilarious. is laughing his ass off
3: Oh my he god He backs
2: up down the hilarious. freeway Backwards down the freeway And he slams on the brakes He finds his teeth Thank god they hadn't been broken Because they were oh buried god. all three of us Anyway But I said this could he only happen found that's, a of
3: that's the kicker He oh. actually found his teeth Oh my he god for the,
5: for Well you know the people that don't know, Sweet Hansen was a monster. He was about six oh, oh. thirty. He could punch. Was, a big boy, was he not Nicky? What's he that? was a big boy. Oh yeah, yeah. He he hit the East Coast in '79, and he had a run with Backlund. And, yeah, uh,
3: that
5: was it, that was it for the East, and then he came back in '83, and he turned face because they made him.
3: Yeah. yeah, Scott, you and I met in 85 in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. How long have you been up here uh, working for Vinny um, uh, uh, up to that point? I
2: started. I,
3: what was it? You, was did you come up in like 80, 81, 82, maybe? Um, no, I, I think it track was later of the time than that. Frame. Or was it before that?
2: Yeah, I, Yeah, I think I was there in, from 80, 88 to 90, or 87 to 90, something like that. It was, you know, I just remembered all you Yankees talk funny, and that's about the funniest thing I ever think of.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, I wish to tell people that, that Cowboy Scott Casey and I met at the Philadelphia Spectrum, I was doing hospitality there, and, uh. It's funny, you and I never talked about wrestling. Nikita, the funniest thing brought us together. Food. We were yeah. talking about food. Because Scott Casey told me, and these work. The, Scott, tell me if I'm lying, I'm dying. You said the best taco you ever had was in New Jersey.
2: It was. And I probably got about half the state of Texas pissed off at me. Because, <laughs> it, I mean, these some uh, some Spanish people, and they made some of the best tacos and fajitas. Oh, my God. And Nick knows that if you ever want to find a place. But I, yeah. I can't remember. in
3: Jersey. Of, was, I said you had to come to Jersey to find places. a great taco. How about that? <laughs> so, listen, Scott, we're, we're going to take some phone calls tonight. Um, we're going to do, let's see, uh, about... About 7.30 we'll open up the phone lines, but let me give everybody the number. If you want to call in and, uh, and have a word with Scott Casey, the number is 609-389-9829. Again, that's 609-389-9829. And that's our call-in number, and uh, we'll throw the phones open about 7.30 Eastern time. Um, so, uh, Nikita, you've written a book... Uh, by the way yeah, Scott Nikita's book is called when it was real uh, it's written from the um, an interesting viewpoint uh, it's, uh, Nikita wrote the book from the fan viewpoint uh, and told some uh-huh. inside stories as he knew them at the time um, do you still when you when you read a wrestling book or you hear another one of the boys tell stories, do you still does the fan in you still come out?
2: Oh sure, absolutely. How, does it no, really? Think, yeah. I, we
3: talked about this, really... and a, a lot of the boys they become jaded to the business. They they forget. I it's just my opinion. I think they forget sometimes how to be fans. But I, want, I was curious to wanted to find out if you if you still consider yourself a fan.
2: To a certain degree, yeah, but a lot of it, because the way they work now compared to the way we worked say right. in the seventies and eighties, it's so different, you know. I mean, yeah, I I just uh, I watch how they do things, and I mean, half these guys are going to be crippled by the time they're thirty. Honestly, yes. God, if they are in yes. their twenties, because it's just you know, the way they do things with the flying around and landing on the floor and the mat and stuff they did do. Yeah. It's just.
3: Nick, you want to take that one?
2: Yeah. Well,
5: I'll tell you, Scott, I always ask the question, what the hell does a ladder have to do with professional wrestling or a scaffold? It's like, where (laughs) did I get these ideas?
2: I Um, just, I have no idea. I mean, we never thought of using a ladder or scaffolds, but then again, we did bull rope matches, chain matches and things like that in the ring. So I don't know. It's just one upmanship. You know, if I can outdo you, then we are, you know, my,
6: my company's
2: doing this and you're not doing it and we're making, they're making money and, or we're making money. And that's,
3: you know what, Scott, that is a perfect segue in, into what I want to because Nikita and I on a previous episode, uh, and I think I believe it might have been oh, god, who was here at the time? It was you and my you and I, Nikki, and we were here with uh, Dan the man. And I think our guest might have been I'm trying to think whether it was JJ Dillon, it might have been JJ and Sal Carenti. Um, I know I wasn't what, that one, maybe Dominic. When he was still oh, maybe around, oh, the Dominic episode. Oh, you know, you know what? It might have been, it might have been the Dominic episode because Bruce Swayze was on that episode. Um, but here's where, where I'm going with this one, uh, Scott. Um, yeah. Southwest Championship Wrestling was called the biggest little territory in America. What made it so special? Why did Southwest, for a small promotion, pack? the punch that it did
2: we had guys that were perfectionists as far as their work went and uh it's just like luthis said to me one time i said lou why are you standing out here watching the matches he, i said you were seven times world champion he said you can always learn something and yeah you can steal it and put it in your repertoire and I, I thought, man, that, that's an excellent way of putting it, because, yeah, you know, you, you, the guys just, well, back then, you know, it was, we'd film, I don't know, four, five, six different segments yeah. of shows, and then they'd ship them out across the Texas. Yeah,
3: we, Oklahoma, uh, looks like I, we're going to have Texas. a, um, a, a phone call coming in here shortly. So, okay. uh, we're waiting for that, that phone yeah. call. Yes, are you there, my
4: friend? I'm here.
3: Uh, All right. Would you um, identify yourself, please, uh, for our listeners and uh, and our guest Scott Casey?
4: Your guest? You call Scott Casey a guest? Is that the deal?
2: (laughs) I know that voice. This is is Les Thatcher,
4: and I shouldn't really. (laughs) I love you. Hey, you know what? I should never even speak to Scott Casey ever again. He put my age ten years too old in his book. (laughs) <laughs> and I've tried to forgive him. I just don't know how the hell to do that. You know,
3: uh, oh, i tell you what, oh, I think man, he, he made, <laughs> he made it up less. I think by, uh, by sheer kindness, he's a super guy.
4: He is. <laughs> yes, you know what? I, he knows I'm teasing him or I no, hope no. he knows.
6: Sure. Uh, yeah, listen, Scott's
4: my buddy. Uh, we've been friends since, uh, when he came to the Carolinas in the seventies and, one of my dearest friends it was a hell of a tag team partner even though I had to hold his hand and teach him and you know and all that craziness but we've stayed in touch over the years and I love him like a brother
3: well let's talk about that a little less um you are the uh, the elder statesman of pro wrestling I should uh, point that out when you have a guy like Scott that's uh, you know he's a greenie in the business at the time uh, right. making his making his way in. Uh, is it, does it take patience or discipline? How do you teach
4: a little of both? Well, uh, he can tell you what he nicknamed me. Go ahead. Tell him, Scott. I call him mother because <laughs> everything
2: I did, it felt like my mother was telling me what to do. And, <laughs> you know, and at, at first I, I was a little upset about it, Then I thought, man, this guy's been around a hell of a lot longer now, and I, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to what he says. And I did. You know, I mean it's just like yeah. I'll never forget the first time we wrestled uh Ole and Gene Anderson and we're in the <laughs> ring and, Oh my god and I'm, I'm trying to get oh, remember I got There's in there and I was gonna do something? <laughs> oh God. You know, but and uh, prior to that, Ole and Gene said, Whatever you do, do it a hundred percent well, I thought I was going to make a comeback before it was time to do it. And I could just see Les over in the corner going, God damn me. You know, well, let yeah. me tell the Anything story from the guy who was in the
4: ring. I was trying to set him up for the hot comeback. Well, I say I was only in Gene and myself, right? Yeah. And these guys are the, if they're not one of the greatest tag teams of all time, I don't know who they are. Well, but anyway, what, Les and Scott, are.
3: let me ask you a question along that line. Um, they say Ole was was a little snug and he was a tough guy we all know that. But they tell me that Gene Anderson was a real kind of like shoot you know a, a, a shoot wrestler that he was he would crank it on you. You know I I I, didn't I, lay, now,
4: I can't speak for Scotty. Go ahead. But, but to me, they were workers. Good work. I never, You know, that's the thing. They were. I've worked, I've worked with some very legitimate tough guys in my career, but I never yes. felt them. Harley, Danny Hodge. You know, they, uh, it's called working. I wish some of the younger kids would learn that. Let me tell about the, first, the, the Anderson match a little bit, though. The funny thing is, uh, this is Greenville, South Carolina. And I, we're, I'm yep. selling an Ole and Gene. If you've ever you've watched him work, I'm fighting for the corner. They're pulling me back. We're yeah. building the heat. And, of course, I'm not watching the corner. Uh, but Oli's in a busy- He's in with me at the time. He's in a position to see it. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear him say, oh, fuck. Right? <laughs> I thought, what <laughs> happened? And guess who I saw in my peripheral vision? My tag team partner about an hour and a half too early. Right. Uh And well, and and the point is, for those listening, once once that fresh baby face comes in and touches those heels, we got to You got to build the heat again, because that's what the people want. So anyway, when we get to the dressing room, the three old grizzled veterans, me and more of the Andersons than me. But it's like, why the hell did you do that? And here is the legitimate answer. The people wanted me to. Exactly. And for that, for that, we should have drowned him in the shower, but we didn't, <laughs> right? Exactly. So,
2: they knew I was greener than goat shit, and you know, and and I just thought that was the thing to do then. But boy, did I get an earful! I mean, all the way back to Charlotte and him ranting and raving. Don't you ever do something like that again? At first, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Then I I caught on. I went, Oh yeah. God! You know, and I went, well, I'm Scott, sorry. Well, Scott, let me ask you. <laughs>
3: You know, um, you're you've always been, you know, an athlete your whole life. Um, what,
2: the, right. why,
3: why did you gravitate toward the world of wrestling? I and I heard it was almost kind of like by accident that you ended up in wrestling. Did you know what you were getting into when you stepped into a ring with a guy you know, the likes of Les Thatcher and and Ole and Gene Anderson? Did you have any idea? you know, what you were opening yourself up to.
2: No, I was a wrestling fan. That's all I can tell you. I wanted to do what these guys were doing and I, you know, I mean, and the more I got into it, the more I got fired up about it, you know, uh, yeah. Bobby Duncan, Terry Funk, Dick oh, Murdoch, and uh, you're talking about some names there. These guys yeah. could beat you to death, you know, you know but I mean, they. I, you know, they kept working on me and working on me, and then finally they said, "Well, hell, I guess we're going to have to teach him," you know, because he won't quit, and, and that's what <laughs> happened. You know, but we. Had, but that's the we
4: way you broke so guys in back then.
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, Les. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Nikki. You wanna you wanna talk to Les a little bit? By the way, um, Les uh, Nikita Brezhnikov was uh, was uh, my uh, guest host at the time that you joined me, right? And Nikita right. and. Um, so I he's back with me tonight for this special episode. It was fortuitous that we uh, got a hold of you. Nick, go ahead. Talk to Les a bit.
5: Good to hear you again, Les. Honor and pleasure. You know, Thank
4: you very much. Same here.
5: I just love to sit back and listen to you guys talk about the passion, which I'm not going to say it doesn't exist today, but I think it's just misplaced. I think the idea of trying to make a name overrides the passion and respect, respect of the business and for the people you're working with and listening to you tell these stories. It's like, that's why that was wrestling. And that's why today is sports entertainment. Two different.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and to kind of fill in the, on Scott's, journey to where we ended up as partners, he started, you know, with Terry, he mentioned Terry Funk and Murdoch and those guys, okay, he broke in there, from there, I guess, Terry got him booked in Florida, and so that was a great place to learn, too, a lot of of good, solid workers there, okay, and so then, I think, was it Bobby Shane that lined up Charlotte for you, Scott?
2: I think so. God really yeah, I, I was
4: thinking it was, too. Yeah. So when he came in, George Scott said, you know, I'm going to make this kid your partner. We're going to teach him. Uh, because tag team wrestling is a different flow, a different psychology uh, than than singles, right? And right in that t- era, uh, the sixties and seventies, there was never a better place to learn tag team wrestling than in the Carolinas, because some of the greatest tag teams in the world were all based right there. The assassins, oh, you know, Hawk and Hanson, the Andersons, uh, the, uh, Infernos and, and th- in the sixties and seventies. So it was a George great place. George
3: Becker but, and Johnny Weaver.
4: Yeah. Ex- well, yes, God, they were the top baby faces for like a hundred years there. So yeah, yeah. but, yeah. uh, yes, absolutely. So. It was like, you know, there were no wrestling schools in, but he was getting his education in the different territories and the different styles, and, and but through the whole thing, you know, being educated completely to the, the industry. Absolutely.
2: Wow. Absolutely. Well-spoken. Well-spoken. And, Scott, I, let know, me I, ask you a question.
3: Did, did, Scott, did you sure. carry those lessons with you?
2: You better believe I did. I mean, they. I wouldn't have been able to survive if I hadn't. Have. I mean, funny stories like uh, I, the lawman Don Slatten, six foot six and maybe two hundred pounds. He looked like a. Anyway, him and his partner. Uh, I was his partner. That's right. And we were against Cyclone Negro, and uh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyway, Bobby Heenan. That's what it was. Oh, my God. We're in there, and the back then the referees would give instructions and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, with a straight face, Heenan looks at me, and he says, doesn't Slatten look like a well-dressed snake? I... F- Fell. Everybody started <laughs> laughing. We just, oh, I, you know, back then you don't laugh. You know, serious or whatever. But this was the funniest thing you've ever. Oh God.
6: Wait, to, as
2: as you're telling that
3: story, as, as you're telling that story, people at home right now are watching you uh, uh, take on a uh, take on a guy called the Snake. He's uh, he's all in red, a hooded wrestler wearing all red. Um... What what uh, do we know about this guy, this snake that you're working?
2: I, you got me. I never saw. Him. I I think it was a sp- Spanish guy. I'm not sure, but okay. I, I I really couldn't tell you that much. I actually don't really remember th- that much about him. You know, I mean, yeah. Les is the one that's got all the damn memories. I don't.
4: Oh, My I don't know who the snake was. Yeah. What what territory was that in? This is
3: uh, they're watching a clip right now. From uh, Joe Blanchard's uh, Southwest yeah. Championship Wrestling. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know who the snake was there. That, I, I, but I'm guessing Scotty's probably right. It was probably one of the uh, uh, Hispanic boys. Hispanic probably boys, one of the Mexicans. Right. Yeah.
3: So, like I an enhancement guess, yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah. And now, yeah, would, what I, we're watching now was um, uh, a, a, a a young man named Eddie Mansfield cutting one hellacious promo. On Scott Casey, uh, calling him everything but human. Um, I believe he uh, used the um, that that fame, that now infamous Scott that the term Patty Pounder. Can can you tell everybody what the hell a Patty Pounder was?
2: I, I guess it's sixteen ounces or something. I have no idea. <laughs> but I mean, he you know uh, on any he, he got a. He got. I want to say a raw deal. I realized back then you're, you you had to kayfabe. You had to. Do, you know. I mean, you learned it from the the best. And uh, I don't care if you were eating dinner and somebody came up to the table and said something. The the shit was on people. I mean, you yeah. had to protect our business. It wasn't. They weren't making one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year on yeah, bottom exactly. like they are now. You know, and exactly. uh, we just, we worked our ass off, you know.
3: And yeah, you better believe it.
2: Sometimes it paid off. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, i tell you what. I was just going to say that, the, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Larry Zabisco here. He said, let me tell you something, brother. If we didn't put asses in seats, we didn't eat that night. And you guys You're were right. making a hell of a lot less.
4: That, you well, know, we got percentage. The yeah, opening exactly. match got a percentage, and the percentage got bigger as you got to the top. So you had a reason to want to be on top. You know, yeah, there wasn't right a set now, salary when, you know, whether you drew or you didn't draw. Because right. if you didn't yeah, draw, if now, the now, house didn't draw, you didn't get to pay.
3: Yeah, well, and then nowadays, yep, and the key that maybe you want to take is one, the we're, the we're living in the era of guaranteed contracts for doing nothing.
4: That's true. Well, yeah. and i want one it, <laughs> i can where can two. i get one of those <laughs> oh
5: well yeah but yeah. you can lay back when you have the guaranteed money whereas as we're describing years ago it's like i gotta work my way up the card so i can get more money i, I gotta pay bills i'm gonna buy a bigger house bigger car so when they give you a shot you're gonna make that shot count whereas today yeah okay i'm doing this whatever it, even if i if i look like shit. Nobody's going to care because I still get paid exactly
3: and I've heard that said yeah. good point Nikki. well I, good point
2: I, I tell you I tell you from Vin, uh, from Joe Blanchard's point of view, he said you better get out there and jump there and shit in your hair because if you don't and you're the first match, if you yeah. don't, it's going to set the precedent presence for the rest of the guys, you know and yeah it,
5: absolutely. It,
2: you had you know, to I mean, I'm talking about expressions, movements, comebacks, sure. jumping up and
3: yeah.
6: pounding
2: some guy from a rope and thing. details you had to know
4: what details Exactly Yes sir. Yeah. Well I'll yes, tell you sir. what, less well, you know, I I, I think, think, I think so the big enough. I think the biggest difference actually is back then. You you were in the business because you had a passion for it. it. I mean, you wanted to make, but it wasn't about money. Today, I think a lot of these kids, I want to be famous. I hear about these big contracts, and it's not necessarily that it's I have a passion to be in this business, and finally I've got that opportunity. You know, it's a whole different ball game. I, yeah, I'm not I knock, I'm not much. saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying. That's probably the major difference. Yeah, uh, the guys that were in it back then were in it because they had a passion and a love for the industry. And, I think and today, I don't think that's the case necessarily. It.
3: I think you just put your finger on it. I don't think that Nikita and I would argue with you. You know, um, you know, not putting you know uh, words in anybody's mouth, but I think they want to be famous. That's uh, go ahead, uh, Nikki. That's agreed,
5: but. Here's the problem where we had the heroes that we love, the all time greats, who did this generation have to emulate and to hold up as they really don't have anything to follow? Totally. With, so they don't really care.
2: No. Well,
4: let me talk to you from a trainer's perspective. Sure. Uh, Tom Pritchard and I were talking about this just the other day. Uh, kids come to learn, we teach sound fundamentals and sound basics. They don't understand what they're trying to be taught because they never see it on television. Yeah. If if you watch right. for the most part, I mean you'll you'll see some wrestling matches and I'm using my fingers yeah. like in in quotations at wrestling matches. But for you're the right. most part you see a lot of spots. You know, it's punch kick spots. So when you're trying to teach uh the proper execution of this move or that move They've never seen it, right? So they well, don't know they what don't you're know what, trying to Les, teach them. Um,
3: while, while I got you here, Les, uh, and you've been here before, I would love to bring you back, honestly. Uh, and i I really like to bring you back, and maybe uh, uh, Nikita and I can do a whole show with you on uh, Matt's psychology, because that's one thing I'm passionate about, sure. is what the hell happened to the psychology? Why You, know, you do something for a reason. Why are you doing this move? What's behind it? What's the story involved in it? Is Everything should have to, a reason.
4: Exactly. Yes.
3: Exa-
6: yeah, yeah.
4: There should be yeah. some no wasted, no wasted motion. Uh, less is more. I mean, exactly. and, and you know that's one of the things yeah. we try to teach too, and they don't understand. You know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, they, they, it's they a whole it. different ball game. Well, I am happy that. to right. say that I worked in the in, in the years that I did. I think the 60s and the 70s, honestly, were the golden years of this industry as far as my lifespan is concerned. Oh, absolutely. Not because I was part of it, us. but because there were so many great workers. And I, again, using my fingers for quotations, workers, not sports entertainers, not acrobats, but workers. Yes. Exactly.
3: Brother, I thank you so I'm much at- for joining us tonight. I have to let you go. Um, cause we got a lot to cover with cowboy tonight. So All thank right. you
4: so much. Sco- let me say this, Scotty, I love you, brother. Uh, thank you for everything. And I'll never, you know, I say, I'm sorry to say I'll never forget you. I'm not planning on dying today or anything. Stay in touch, my brother. Okay. Right. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me on. And thank damn it. You let me say uh, this to straighten everything out about that stupid book he wrote. I will be 81 <laughs> the 28th of this month. <laughs> Now you oh, well, there you oh, have Prison, huh? Guys, thanks for having me on. God bless you. y'all. Less off, with
3: you okay. in a day or two. Thank you, my friend. Uh, all right, bye bye. Thank, Thank you very much.
2: I gotta say one thing about Les. He's he's forgotten more than most of us ever learned. Honest to God, he's yeah. just. You know, it, 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 I I'll never forget. I was behind the curtains in High Point at the TV show and les was there i think less was there but i yeah. know that uh george scott was there yeah And i'm going to wrestle johnny valentine
3: oh hmm. we gotta go ahead les. i mean go ahead that Scott. he
2: says he says do you know john valentine i said no i've heard you know he's a big main eventer and all that <laughs> he said well fight for your life and push me through the curtains and I'm looking back at him like, what the fuck is he talking about? I get in the ring, and here's this six foot three, 250 pound, blonde haired, mean, mean man. Anyway, I mean, he looked like he was. And we locked up, and he started whaling the piss out of me. I mean, oh, man. Folks, I'm sorry about my language, but he said, you know, he said, you may not. How did he put it? I think what he
3: said to you was, you may not believe wrestling is real, but you'll believe I'm real.
2: You're right. I got in there. Now, you know, he wasn't going to hit you in the groin or the nose or whatever. Right. But he would waffle the hell out of you with his hands, the back, stomach, chest. Cowboy, we got another call.
3: We got another call that's trying to get in there, so let's find out who this one is. Okay. Let's find out who this one
2: oh,
3: yeah. is. Yep, just as uh, soon as I punch this line through. All right, come on, caller. Are hey, you there, caller?
7: Goat- yes, I am. I'm here.
3: Oh Lord! <laughs> I know that voice.
6: Hey, I know that you voice.
7: got that. Hey, you got that nanny goat rider on that show. Let me tell you something. You know, I, I, I was talking to one of my television executive buddies today and he said to me, he said, you know, that damn Scott Casey, at, that, that nanny goat rider is shopping a show. I said, shopping a show? He said, no, a whole series. I said, really? It's called Goat Commander. And and I said, the Goat Commander? Yeah, that figures is that, that Scott Casey absolutely had nanny goat ride and son of a gun, you know. I'll uh, let me tell everybody uh,
3: <laughs> if you don't know this man's voice, well, by God, you should. It's the uh, the cosmic cowboy, the continental lover himself, Mr. Eddie Mansfield. Eddie, Eddie Mansfield. how
7: you doing, my brother? I'm doing really good, and and you know, I'm glad to see that Scott Casey's is still living and he's doing good, and and you know, you know what's really funny, Angelo, is that you know. I never used the Cosmic Cowboy but one time in San Antonio. I used yeah. to use the Continental Lover and the Cosmic Cowboy in L.A. and everywhere else because I didn't want to intrude on, on the Nanny Goats Riders' damn gimmick. And so oh. I only used it after I, I lost the, the hair versus hair match to him, in which we drew the largest crowd in San Antonio wrestling history. And we yeah. held that title for 11 years. The only reason that was broken is because they built the Alamo Dome. Could you imagine how many asses we'd have put in the Alamo Dome? Oh man! I mean, forget tell about you it. Butt, it's like it, it yeah. It'd have been a record-ass crowd for Scott Casey and Eddie Mansfield. Absolutely. Believe me. We, you know, some. All right, I don't Eddie. mind telling you. All right. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind telling you, Angelo, that Scott Casey and Eddie Mansfield made Southwest Championship Wrestling. The one,
3: no for question us, about it. it, it wouldn't be on i will tell you, I got a, 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 a co-host tonight. Um, He's a dear friend of mine. He's got a lot of history in him. So Nikki, yep. talk to Eddie Mansfield and Scott Casey for a bit, and uh, but let's just stir up some memories of Southwest.
5: I remember Southwest when Adrian Adonis when they gave him the championship, when they kind of like. Well, reached. I
7: don't give a shit about Adrian Adonis. Uh, <laughs> bottom line is uh, Scott Casey and myself made Mickey, Southwest up. Championship Wrestling. Not, <clears throat> not Adrian Adonis. He didn't draw two nods of goat shit the whole time he was there. <laughs> I don't give a damn. What Mick, I'm sorry. You know
2: but you're not gonna. Hey, get hey we much sold,
7: food. we sold out. Let me tell you something. Scott and myself sold out every arena in the state of Texas we were in, and and neither one of us had a championship belt. What does that tell you about belts?
3: Right. They're only
7: good for holding yeah. up your pants, man.
3: Oh, we got a call coming in, Eddie. Hold on, brother.
7: All right. If
2: caller, you, are you there? On the line, you'll never get it.
3: Caller, well, are you there? You're on Wrestling
7: with the Future. Hey, it's Millie and Donna from Oh, Texas. my God.
2: <laughs> my girls.
7: Oh, that's, 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 that's Casey's Oh, my goodness.
2: How you guys doing yeah. tonight? I tell you. She's just, she knows more about wrestling than all of us together. i tell you what. It's We're funny, doing man. fine. I, that's the truth. Together,
3: that's the absolute truth. Whenever you guys get together, Donna and Millie come out the woodwork, and uh, uh, they just they show up at places. How you guys <laughs> doing tonight, Millie? How, how you doing, Millie?
7: We're good, but we cannot get your podcast. Well, we, you'll be we able to get it does. in about
3: thirty minutes. We're on a delay, sweetheart.
7: And you said, "Ah, oh, we're on a delay."
3: <laughs> hey,
7: I can I can tell you're, you I, I can tell Millie you don't know anything about the the uh, production business. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know? I almost called Eddie, and I decided no, he's busy making money, and I won't bother a man that's making money. Yeah, you shouldn't. Because that's that's all I do. You know, I work like you know, I thought by now I'd be just a quiet, you know, just sitting back. Man, I'm running harder now than I ever did when I was wrestling. And it's you know, I, I love what I'm doing, I really do. And um I I feel very fortunate, guys. You know, all jokes aside, I'm very fortunate to to have my help. And to be able to run the way I run now, and I run hard, and I run hard every day. And yeah, um, you know, the best thing they ever did was was kick me out of the professional wrestling business because it's probably saved my life. And um, yeah, and, and 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 I've I've made more money by accident than I ever made in professional wrestling. And so I I, I look at you know, and I thank God above every day for all the blessings that He's given me as a human being and, and I've always wished, you know, Scott the best and, and, you know, all my friends the best. And that's the way you got to live life. You got to, you 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 put your best foot forward and, and keep your your shoulders back and your head held high. And, you know, it's not that, that people don't run into, to, uh, obstacles in everyday life, but you have to, to stand up and be better than every, everybody else. And Absolutely. that's the way I consider myself. I'm going to work harder, I'm going to outwork you, I'm going to outwork you, and I'm going to beat you. Because I'm a Absolutely. winner, and they can't stop Question talent. Question for Scott Casey
3: and Eddie Mansfield.
2: I tell you what, guys, hold on for a minute, Eddie. I know you're trying to say a bunch of stuff, but I want to get back to what I was saying about John Valentine. Now, if he, either of you guys ever worked with him, you'll know what I'm saying. He hit me so hard that I, in the in the neck and the chest, and the back and the stomach, and I'm sitting there, I'm laying on the apron, and Angelo Martinelli, an old-time referee, was looking, and he's going, well, I don't know what to do. And, I, and I'm sitting there going, by God, I'm, I'm about 1,800 miles away from my home in Texas, but I don't let any son of a bitch hit me like that without giving him a receipt. And I reared back from South Texas and went all the way up to North Texas and hit him in the chest, Uh, and his uh, knees buckled. And you know what he did? He looked at me and he goes, I love it. I thought, well, you crazy son of a bitch, you know. But um, that was was just John. He wouldn't hurt you, but he would just, you know, that's just the way he was. Anyway, I had to tell that. I'll shut up and let you guys rant and rave.
5: Oh, that's perfect. We need that. We need that one.
2: Yeah, it's been said, um, uh, uh,
3: Eddie. I don't know, Eddie. Did you ever work with Johnny Valentine?
7: No, because I I was a heel my whole career. Um,
3: I never was.
7: uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 you know, something. I, I love being a heel. Um, that's just my my makeup. It really is. You know, they wanted me to come in as a babyface. Yeah, and and uh, when I first started in the business, because of my background in baseball, and you know, sure, and you know, I wasn't, I, I, you know, I'm not an ugly guy, so they wanted me to be a baby face, and I looked around, and I said, "What? I don't yeah. want to be that." You know, I want to be, I want to be. You were too to damn ugly
2: to be a baby face.
7: <laughs> yeah, bullshit. You ever looked in the mirror, Scott Casey? It's like, hey, uh, listen, uh, bottom line is, it's,
2: you guys, it's, it's like, I, listen. John, Eddie, you. hold on what for a the hell second. I I gotta, to you for. You, because I'm going to say something on your behalf, all right?
7: Oh, bless my heart. Okay. I went ahead. to the legends.
2: I went to the legends, and I talked to Eddie, and I said, you need to come to it. He said, I don't know, you know, because a lot of guys don't like me because I exposed the business and did this and that. And I said, fuck them. They, you know, they've been out of the business for 30 years and half of them are dead. Don't worry about it. And finally, I talked him into coming. And I think there's one thing I did that I, I, I'm most proud of because he was happy as a pig and shit there. And all the guys were talking to him. He thought <laughs> nobody would like him and hate him and stuff. Well, they don't. They didn't care. You know, I mean, you know, we were all yeah. workers, you know. It's a work.
3: Absolutely,
2: you know, and, uh, and the thing I'm most proud just, of
3: is that I can call Eddie Mansfield and Scott Casey my friends,
6: absolutely. and that's you. Thank you, Andrew.
7: Absolutely, that's a straight shoot. Well, brother. one of the, you know, one of the 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 greatest things that 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 happened in my my wrestling career was, you know, not only the all, all the stuff that Scott and myself did in, in Southwest, but but when they gave me the award in in uh, Tampa, and I I had. Scott presented it to me. And that meant more to me than anything in the world.
2: Beautiful. And you're going to make me cry. Yeah.
7: <laughs> well, get the violin well, out. Right. Scotty. And, but it's like,
2: that's it. You it's bet. Like, you're my friend. Me and floating. him are,
7: me and him are kind of attached to the hip. And yeah, we, absolutely we did, we did stuff, Angelo, that nobody has done and, and nobody could do. In Southwest, after I left, my and understanding,
3: and- Eddie, is that you and Scott broke uh,
7: every previous
3: attendance record at the Hemisphere Arena.
7: Absolutely, we sure did. I, did. I heard that. Yeah, and, um, and we did. And and I loved and it. and if if, if, that, if that dumbass Joe Blancher would have listened to me, I told him, and uh, to to do a closed circuit at the Marriott right there in the Riverwalk, right. Because they turned about, way about ten thousand people that night, and so oh, wow. if he would have had a closed circuit at the Marriott and charged, you know, a ticket, I mean, it would have, it would have been huge. But yeah. you know, promoters back then, they they didn't have any foresight. O- only foresight they had was stealing money, and and keeping the, uh, us down instead of saying okay, yeah. like Vince McMahon when when Vince came in. What he did was started throwing money around. Well, if you throw money around wrestlers, they're going to do whatever you want. Oh, and sure. So, and, and you know, I always say this about the NWA. You talk about people running running for the hills. You know, the no-wealth-allowed uh, federation, they ran for the hills. How does 35 territories close just because one son of a bitch steals you three or four guys? I mean, why don't you steal uh, yeah. Mike? You know the formula was was each territory made their own stars. Yeah, and then you could trade. Well, out. you know, Why? Eddie, I can mean- I uh,
3: can I ask
7: you and Scott?
3: Because uh, Nikita and I had mentioned this before you joined the uh, the call tonight. Uh, Nikita and I were talking to, to Scott earlier in the show about the the power of Southwest Championship Wrestling and the fact yeah. that wrestling. Uh, you know, enthusiasts like us, and I—I I still consider myself a fan. They called that territory the biggest small promotion in the country. What was well, yeah, it, in well, your we're... opinion, Eddie? So well, here's what I'm getting at: what, in your opinion, and and I value your opinion, and and I want to toss it off to Nikita. Uh, what, what, in your opinion, was uh, was Joe Blanchard's magic eight ball?
7: But what did he well, do? His, 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 well, the eight ball was the key. But uh, anyway, it's uh, it was uh, Fred Barons. Uh, he had the contract to uh, to USA Network, the same contract that Vince McMahon has today. Scott and myself uh, worked on. Uh, we, beside TBS, Southwest Championship Wrestling on USA was the only. Um, promotion that was nationwide i mean scott and myself were nationwide all the time and i mean i flew everywhere uh and and scott can tell you the same thing and we used to go to st louis you know toronto detroit i mean places like that we were in big demand when that was unheard of it's like uh, like wahoo myself were the first two guys ever in the history of the business to be on tbs at 605 and the following morning, on USA Network USA. at ten thirty yeah. nationwide. I actually and, remember
3: and, that because I saw both shows. Uh, yeah, and that, that's and, for real. And
7: you know, that was quite an honor for me, and it's quite an honor for the chief. And and
3: yeah,
7: you know, and and you know, Scott Casey and myself, we, you know, we we're pretty much a household name. I came yeah. I came in the Southwest Championship Wrestling right off of Atlanta television, so, and and my deal with the with the uh, Wahoo! And who was a and He did a great job booking. He, he said, "Okay." He said, "What's your deal?" I said, "I want to be able to pick who I want to do an angle with." Yeah. And so when I got when I got there, I did my thing, and then all of a sudden, I met Scott. And me and Scott, it, I don't know what it was about Scott. I looked at Scott as as the Marlboro man. He he, women loved him, and men wanted to be like him. Okay, as a as a babyface, that is magic. And then with me being a young guy and a good looking guy and and could work and Scott could work, I said if we put us together, yeah. Wahoo said you ain't gonna never draw shit with Scott Casey. I said I'll sell out this every damn arena in the world if you listen to me. And I said because me and Scott got magic. Yeah. And I said I don't know what it is. It's just that we had that magic. And and yeah. I guarantee you, we could get in a ring today and we'd still have that magic. And is this something that that Scott had and I had at, that you know you just can't get again? I mean it was just yeah. that smelling sauce that that woke up the people. And I always tell guys they they, they ask me questions, Angelo. They say, "Well, what's wrong with the business today?" I said, "Well, there's nothing wrong with the business. They just got away from what really drew money. You know, there's no cowboys anymore. There's no more Indians. There's no more uh, blind headed hills and." There's no more of this, and, and everybody wants to be like. You know, I wanted people to hate me. You know what I used to do? Yeah. I had kids come up to me. I used to have kids come up to me all the time at Southwest and ask me for an autograph. You know what I do? I put best wishes, and I I'd, I'd sign Scott Casey's name and give
3: them to him. <laughs> well, I got a guy. I got a guy as a co-host tonight um, that knows a little bit about being a heel. Uh, he uh, he toured the country with Nikolai Volkoff. Uh, as his yep. manager and sometimes tag team partner, so Nikki, uh, I'll let i take over for a little while. Talk to uh, talk to Eddie and Scott. Well, you know, Eddie, Go I'm going
5: to I'm going to ride on the heels of what he was just talking about with today. How the hell do you draw heat when everybody's worried about being boycotted by saying the wrong thing? We would get out right. there. You could talk about it. Would be off color. It would be whatever, but. It meant the guy you were talking about, people were going to come to see you knock his teeth out. They loved it. Today, can you even yeah. say your mother wears army boots? I mean, that's going to piss somebody off. And here come the the sponsors. And, oh, my God, you can't say that. You can't do this. We're going to yeah. be, what the hell do they call it, cancel culture? And it's like, I don't yeah. even know what this world is anymore, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. So how do you put wrestling into this bullshit that they call life in the United States now?
7: Huh. Well, you're absolutely right. right. You know something? I swear to God. You you know something? Because you know what got me over at Southwest was not only in the ring, but my promos and stuff on Scott. I used to call him a a gay Caballero. I used to call him a patty pounder. I used to do, you know, a nanny goat rider, you know, a Rexall Ranger and stuff like that. You know, I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, if you're that weak as a human being that you can't, can't understand a good guy versus a bad guy and what he needs to do to do do his job yeah. you no know, screw you cancel me you bastard i don't care you know what i mean yeah. you can uh-huh. you know they can't cancel me you know why because i won't let them cancel me and you're not going to dictate idiots to me either. yeah you're not going to tell me who to hire you know i'm going to hire the best possible people i'm going to hire i don't care who they are they're going to be the best or they're not going to work for me. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I'm not going to let any son of a bitch tell me what I need to do because it's my damn company. I started sure. that company from nothing and I didn't have anybody to help me. And I started with zero and I took it from zero to $29 million. That's pretty damn good.
3: Absolutely. And, like, and as, as you're speaking uh, not, not to interrupt you, Nikki, but I want people to know that, uh, uh, as uh, as uh, Eddie and, and Nikita are speaking, we're actually watching Scott Casey and uh, Eddie Mansfield, and uh, the Eddie's about to deliver one of his famous promos, and uh, and we're also going to look at the uh, Scott Casey in the ring with the uh, Gino Hernandez. Now I know that's a name that's going to set Eddie Mansfield off,
7: but I got to ask you. Well- um go ahead, go ahead, Eddie. Well, let me tell you something. Here's what I had to do with Wahoo. I I got Wahoo on the side, and and wa Well, he was. He, you remember when Wahoo moved? Uh, you uh, Scott and Wah, uh, the chief were living uh, where where the judge got shot, and and uh, uh, John Woods, and then the Indian got a, a house right up for me, uh, in San Antonio, and and I went up there one on Tuesday. Tully Blanchard, just to let you know, he used to call every Tuesday at ten thirty in the morning and Scott will tell you the same thing. Uh when am I gonna get my belt back? You know, and so it's like he had to sleep with his belt where he felt secure. But but uh when when you look at things <laughs> <laughs> Angelo, it's like what I did with him and I came up uh I, I had an idea of putting putting uh Gino Hernandez with Tully Blanchard, where me and Scott would have a main event status, okay? Yeah. And then I sold it to the Chief. I said, Chief, you, you and Ivan uh, Pusky can work. You and Tiger Conway can work. You and Chavo Guerrero can work against, you know, these two guys. And and Scott and me will have a spot. Because if not, Tully Blanchard would take that damn spot away from us, and we would, you know, he, he would try to steal our draw. and yeah. And I got – to Wahoo, and Tully had pissed Wahoo uh, uh, off enough just to do it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's absolutely. the way that happened. And and Scott and myself had, had the uh, the main event status because they would go as a double main event then. That way, Tully Blanchard could say, oh, I drew money. Well, Tully never drew shit in Southwest Championship Wrestling. I'm just telling you that now. He just did. Yeah. It. And, and uh, he was just the promoter's son. Yeah, and everywhere, follow his career. Everywhere he ever went, he had that. He had to have that pacifier. He had to have a. Well, belt.
3: you know, Eddie did. Did Joe so, have that know, confidence in his son? Did Joe Blanchard have confidence in Tully? I
7: don't. Well, he had enough confidence in Tully to give him his last thirty thousand dollars he had
2: in the world. Wow, I didn't know about that. So that
7: that speaks that speaks volumes right there, uh, and so. Yeah, You know, it, it, it's, you know, you can't say, you know, I'll never say anything really bad about Joe Blanchard because he really tried. But yeah. it was, it, it's Tully. Tully's just a rotten apple. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. He's a rotten son of a bitch from the core inside and out. And and
2: now watch out. Just, he's, what, he's a preacher. <laughs> well, preacher I, you know what I was what, going to well, say. Play play? well,
7: Scott, what the hell? Well, it's like Ted DiBiase—he passed the plate too many times, and so you know well, if he's just passing right. the plate. I, you you know, know what? I'm glad
3: well, Scott. I'm, Scott, I'm glad you you brought that up. Um, what do you guys make? And, and Nikita, I'm I want—I'm curious to have your opinion on this. What do you make of Tully managing the career of his daughter now? Who is, you know, she is like heel. he's an old
2: fart riding on his hey, he's an old fart riding on his daughter's. Coattails, or whatever you want to call it. Well, like is that, it? well here's question you know well, yeah,
7: something, Angelo. Angelo, he never yeah. even raised his daughter. Uh, Magnum TA is the one who raised that daughter.
3: Well, and I and I know that
7: factually because Magnum
3: has been on my show, uh, and we've actually talked about it. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, that's, that's that's without that is without argument. Uh,
7: Magnum has actually well, been you here. know, Tully Blanchard. Tully Bledger was a wife beater. I mean, I'm not going to stand up for a wife beater. You know, yeah, I'm all about, here, you know, women's the thing, rights though. and everything else. Yeah, but, I want to, I got to, I got to pull it. I have to pull
3: it back into wrestling though. Um, but here's the thing though. Well, here's was Scott brought up uh, an interesting point. Is it Tully riding off of Tessa's coattails or is it Tessa following the old man? Nicky, what do you think?
5: Sir, oh uh, well, I know very little because I don't follow it today. But I'm going to say you got it right. She is—he is following her coattails, okay? Because he's gone. She's a good-looking really? gal, and that's what they pushed today. He's yesterday's news, so I think he's riding her coattails. Would that be about
7: yeah. right, Eddie? Yeah, I, I would say that because. Um, you know she's she's a very agree, talented person, way. and and uh, you know he just needs a payday because that preaching don't pay yeah. much, you know. And so apparently, and, uh, unless you, unless you steal a bunch of money like the you know million dollar man did, so it's uh, yeah. But well, I, but he's I paying it back, and in fairness, he's paying it back. Well, he's got. Well, no I'll
3: choice, tell you what, so this is been a really really interesting show. It's been r it's been a long show. Uh and we ain't finished yet. Eddie I gotta let you go, brother. Uh you will be right, back. Bye bye. Thank Y'all you. Take good. care, my friend. See you bro. You All right. Cowboy. <laughs> it's it's Whoa, just just, just those chickens here. I'll tell you what, Eddie Mansfield okay. to be clear, and I will never I will never censor anyone. On this show, it will not happen. I will never censor uh, a guest's viewpoint or opinion. But I'll tell you what, man. When Eddie Mansfield has an opinion, he ain't shy about it. Um, and no, I he'll think. Still so up, up
2: the airways.
3: Yeah, well, you know, you know better than I do. You've known him a lot longer than I. You know, I think I know Eddie pretty well, but you've known him a whole <laughs> lot longer than I have. And and you know he's not shy. You know.
2: Well. He wouldn't be where he is now if he was, that's for sure. Exactly right. work, directors and all
3: that stuff. Let me ask you go a question, guy. How would you um how would you surmise your career? And Nikita and I, um you know, after you after we let you go tonight, we're gonna talk a bit. We're gonna recap the show. Well, how would you surmise your career? It was uh is it everything you expected? Is it more? Did you expect more from your, you know, from your career? Did it? I mean, you know, you know where I'm going, Nikki. Did it? Did it? Did it you exceed your expectations.
6: Are you
2: satisfied? Okay, I. Uh, <clears throat> if you are a competitor like I was, you're never satisfied with what you did, or, you know, you, you're always wanting to do more or be more and uh, be a champion. And, you know, even though it's a work, you know, you'd like to still be a part of the main event all the time, but that, that won't happen, you know, but
6: I'm not,
2: I'm not bad about it. I'm just, uh, I just say that, you know, I could have, I think I could have had more, you know, and when I went to New York, I was just one of the girls in the show and uh, it, I, I used to talk to George Steele, the animal, and he says, well, he said, you know, they've only got so many spots, you know, and I I think they have a committee of people that sits there and votes on things. And I wasn't just not, you know, um, I, w- I look good, but I just, they had so many guys that were 6'2", 6'3", that had the same dimensions that I had,
6: Yeah, and
2: I... They just didn't want me or need me, whatever. And I was, uh, I was so pleasantly surprised. Vince McMahon came up to me one time and he said, Scott, Brian Blair cannot be here tonight. Something happened. I don't know, but he said, would you take over his spot? I said, sure. This was in the survivor series. Right. And you know, wow, maybe I'll make a few dollars. You know, and, uh, I did, you know, I, I think for three minutes work, I did about five grand, which is not that much up there, but it made me happy at the moment because number one, he asked me to do it. And, uh, yeah, exactly. I, 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 I got to be with the big stars, you know, uh, Sure. uh, on that same venue, everybody that we, on my, the baby face side worked with, they're all passed away. Yeah. Ollie Race, Andre the Giant, Dino Bravo—I uh, I can't remember the rest of them. But anyway, it's you know, I, Tito Santana said that. Yeah. He said, Do you realize they're all gone. Yeah. And I thought, wow, it's. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Well,
3: I—I tell you what, the, was, Scott is I, that it, the
2: you
3: know I is that a well, testimony to your is that a testimony to your career? that you're still here, or is that a testimony to the fact that you have a never-say-die attitude?
2: I think probably never-say-die attitude, you know, because I, you know, I I learned from the greats. I'm talking about people, Terry Funk, George Funk Jr., uh, Lou Fez. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Bobby Duncombe yeah you know, dick murdoch you know and and they taught me so much, you know, and I was just i don't know I, I, I when you have a lot of pride, yeah and I do, and I did you always want to be able to accomplish more i
3: I'm oh, sure
2: you know well, I'll tell it, you even what even my friend
3: you have accomplished uh more and then some, you've done things uh that that a lot of people never dream. To accomplish, and you succeeded above and beyond, perhaps what you thought you were ever capable of. Uh, you know, athletics yeah. will take you so far, but being a good person will take you a hell of a lot further. And you're a, you're one of the good guys that really is a good guy. You know.
2: Yes. yes. Well, thank you very much. You know, and this. And I say
3: that, funny, that as, as somebody who knows you. I say that as your friend. I say that as somebody who talks to you couple times a week. And uh, yeah. bugs the shit out of you.
2: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, I'm about that. Know, the, wh- what I wanted what I wanted to say was, I owe, this may sound silly, but I owe a lot of this to my mother. And she's been gone for years. But I'll never forget, when I was in high school, and this is bearing away from wrestling, but it'll come back to it when you hear it. Sure. I... Try it out for the football team, you know, and they had 54 of us. I was the 55th one, so I didn't get it. And I was devastated. So I went yeah. I went home to my mother. She's sleeping in the floor and stuff, and she hears this story and sees me crying. And wham, hit me upside the head with a broom. And I never heard my mother talk like this. She said, you get your ass back up to that school. And I'm walking up there with you, and I'm going, oh, God. You know, you, how do you, okay, all right. So we went back up there, and the coach goes, she says, I want you to give my boy a chance again. Well, we already did. We just didn't feel like that he qualified for what we wanted. <laughs> now, my mother bowed up to him and said, I think he can. <laughs> and Coach Allen goes, all right, put the all-state defensive end on one end of this board, I'm on the other, and they, if you knock the other guy off, you got you got to keep your job. I hit him so hard that it put a he concu- gave him a concussion. We didn't know what they were back in oh, the 60s. Oh, shit. Anyway, I did. And <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm never going to get a job. <laughs> but they wow. put me on the team. And that, just simply because my mother, who didn't did know hello from Sikkim Sycam- about football, knew that I could do it. And she's shaking that broom Thank and Coach Allen. And all my buddies they are laughing right. their ass off. That's but, that's uh, remarkable. But I, I, I learned, yeah, I learned from her how to stand up and be a man. You know, and, and good, uh, I did. You know,
3: anyway, well, a good mother will story, do that.
2: Brother. Absolutely, yes, brother. I
3: will I'll tell you what, I am I am honored to call you my friend. Uh, you are, uh, you've been here uh, probably five, six times already. You will be here more. I assure you of that. I will. Uh, just to I let you know, it. Scott, I am I will be here next week with Bruce Swayze. Beautiful Bruce is my guest oh. next week. And uh and Bond story button.
2: Yeah. Oh I, I Bruce Swayze is <laughs> is eighty years he's eighty years old. How yeah. many eighty year old men do you know that can get on a bench press and bench press five times two hundred and fifty pounds? Wow. Bruce can't. I know I can't. I watched him do it. <laughs> I mean, hell, you and I both together couldn't lift it up, but he does.
3: Well, he I'll did. tell you what, if you've I mean, seen Bruce. If you've, yeah, I'll tell you what, brother. If you've seen Bruce in his heyday, and I encourage everybody to Google Bruce Swayze, he was a, a quite a physical specimen. He's a big, yes, he strong was. guy. And he looks like a wrestler, and he's built like a wrestler. And he'd beat you up like a wrestler. So I, I'll tell you what, Scott. I'm I'll gonna let you go. Today. I will. Um, I'm gonna bring you back next week. I want maybe um, stick you in Bruce's show for a little bit.
2: Absolutely, you up for that? I'd love to. Beautiful. Okay, my Thank friend. Let's for... you
3: go. You have a great and night. Uh... Good.
5: Yes, sir. Good. To, okay. Good to know you,
3: Scott. You're a good man.
2: Well, thank you, sir, and so are you. One hell of a heel, too. Ah, thank you so
3: much. <laughs> and the All right. book is "One right, Last Dad. Ride: The Tales of Cowboy Scott Casey." Uh, get it? Co-authored by Nick Massey. It is still available. Uh, check it out. We will find it for you, Scott Casey. You can find it at the at Scott Casey um, on his Facebook, or hit up Nick Massey. The book is still available on Amazon and. And wherever books are sold. So, Scott, take care, my friend. I'll, uh, I will call you tomorrow.
2: All right. Good talking to both of you. Have Thank, take care, brother. God bless.
3: Good night. Wow. what a, That was an action-packed show. Yes. That, my and, friend, was at star-studded. And Scott
5: Casey, just a wonderful, wonderful man. And an icon of the business.
3: Very humble. Yes. I'm always I am always in awe, Nikki, of his humility. That here's a guy, he and Eddie Mansfield, they're legit sold out the hemisphere arena in Dallas, Texas, probably eighteen times, sold it out to capacity at fourteen thousand people. Right. Where they had to turn people away every time. That's for real. That's a shoot. The hemisphere uh, arena would be like the spectrum. For the East Coast,
5: yeah, you know, yes. it was big—a
3: huge venue. Oh, it's a, absolutely a nice size. Believe me, a, probably three times the size of the Sportatorium mm-hmm. in 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 Dallas for sure. Yes, which was a shithole, but it was a historic shithole. <laughs> you know, everybody. I have. I am going to do a show, and I, you and I have to do this. We've got to do a show on. Great wrestling venues like the Sportatorium, like the Spectrum, like the uh, um, Olympic Auditorium in LA.
5: Just thinking LA, yes, sir.
3: Philadelphia Arena.
5: Or Hamburg or Fieldhouse.
3: Here's Some. one for you. School Mosque. Exactly. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going down memory lane now. <laughs> Every so what's Friday coming night. up for Nikita Brezhnikov? What you got going on, brother? Nothing I can speak of, but hopefully something.
5: So hey, you know what? I never stop plugging and never stop swinging. I'm just trying to stay healthy, keep good, good. keep happy. That's it. Stay
3: happy, people. Don't worry about absolutely. Working. One
5: don't day at a
6: time.
3: Don't worry, be happy. Like the song says, don't worry, be happy. Amen. For Nikita Brezhnikov. I'm Psychic Angelo. Take care, everybody. Next time, wrestle with the future and have a good time.